and welcome to Friends for Life, a podcast of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's Life Ministry. We're sharing stories and insights of real people living out God's love for the people He's created. We hope you'll stick around and be our friends for life. Thanks for joining us for Episode 6. I'm your host, Stephanie Jabauer, and today I'm here with a newer friend of mine, Sarah Golseth. Sarah, many of our listeners probably know you or have at least heard your voice before because you are a leading lady of KFUO Radio. Um, But for those who don't know you, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah. So I'm digital media specialist with KFUO Radio. That's uh, probably what a lot of people know me as in the digital world. Uh, That means I do all of the podcast postings for KFUO Radio, all that stuff that ends up on your podcasting apps, Um, all of our website stuff, our social media, which is what we're here to talk about today. Um, I also do all of our graphic design. Art is one of my my things that I love. I co-host The Coffee Hour with Andy Bates, and that is Monday through Friday, 9 to 9.30 live on KFUO Radio. It's also a podcast. And then uh, the latest adventure with KFUO has been the Lutheran Ladies Lounge, and that has just been an amazing thing for us to create this community for women. Um, I co-host that with uh, Aaron Alter, Rachel Bomberger, and Brie Grzewski, and it is the Facebook group has grown beyond anything we ever could have imagined. Uh, we we just ticked over eleven thousand members in Whoa. the Facebook group, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> and we just launched an Instagram page as well, um, and the podcast. We are closing in on a hundred episodes in a couple of well, more than a couple of weeks. We're at episode eighty five, but we're getting there, and it's, <laughs> it feels like we're so close. Um, so that has been just a, a really amazing thing to be a part of, to have that community of women. Um, but that's that's my work life. Um, my, as for me, myself, um, I have just a list of things. You know, I'm a baptized child of God. That is first and foremost who I am. Um, I am an INFJ if you're a personality type person. Uh, mm-hmm. But I tend to be along the ambivert side. I like people. I like to be around people, but not all the time. <laughs> um, I have a very avid cyclist. If you follow me on any of my social platforms, it's probably about 80% bike pictures and bike rides. Um, that is a, a huge part of what I do, uh, part of, of just what I what I love. Uh, my husband and I just bought a house and we actually bought a house that has a bike room so we can have our full fleet of bikes in our house. So that's, that's a big part of my life. I love art and culture and history and all of these things. Um, I just, I love to learn about a lot of, of different things. And uh, last but certainly not least, I am a proud Michigander. I will always be a proud Michigander. And I will show you where I'm from on my hand because that's a thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, folks, it's true. She did show me where she's from on her hand before we started recording, which um, also you should know that I am a proud Michigander as well, yes. though we are from different parts of the hand. It's true. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> what is your favorite part about Michigan, Sarah? Oh boy. Um, it is just a, it's a beautiful place. I'm from the Detroit area and I have a a very deep love for the city of Detroit and, uh, all of the culture and history that's there. Uh, but I've also taken a few trips to M22 on the opposite side of the state. And it is one of the most beautiful places 
on Earth. Uh, the the trees and the lake and the the dunes and the shoreline. And it's just it's one of the most relaxing and beautiful places I've ever been. It's just uh, and you know it's it's just one of those one of those places that uh, I feel most at home. So hmm. for people who don't know, what is M twenty two? Oh, M22 is a a road along the western side, the western coast of Michigan. Um, It is very, very long. It goes right along the edge of the state. Uh, So it's right on the shoreline of Lake Michigan. And it is a beautiful drive. Highly recommend if anyone wants to like get away into the woods to go to the western side of Michigan and drive M22. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. I would attest to that. And, you know, just so everyone knows, uh, we are not getting some kind of endorsement from the pure (laughs) Michigan (laughs) slogan or campaign. (laughs) We just love the state we're from. Um, But now you you find yourself in St. Louis, which Mm -hmm. is also great for all the things you mentioned, really, but um, culture, history, Mm -hmm. art, uh, biking. It's a great bikers area to be in. And you bike to work. Is that correct? I do. Yes. Yep. I'm a bike commuter. I recently got an e-bike, which is an electronic assist. I could get really nerdy about this, but (laughs) so I could go really fast uh, on my e-bike and haul all my stuff to work every day. So yeah, I I get to bike commute to work and it's super fun and you avoid all the traffic on the freeways, which is really nice. (laughs) I can see how that would be maybe the only plus for me. (laughs) And I get to drive like literally over a river and through woods to get to work. So it's kind of fun. Perfect. <laughs> Still not good enough for me to drive uh, or to, I'm sorry, to bike to work anywhere. <laughs> That's excellent, though. Uh, so obviously, then, as, as digital media specialist, and you mentioned, you know, podcasts, uh, Sarah, you've been super instrumental in getting our podcast Friends for Life up and running and, and helping us to keep it going. So thank you so much for that. Uh, she happens to be behind the scenes with that. Um, but of course, you're in front of the scenes with, um, with your own Lutheran Ladies Lounge and then the coffee hour. Um, as digital media specialist, then I thought it was fitting, Sarah, to have you on today to give me and uh, our listeners some tips to navigate social media as it intersects specifically with life issues. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you sum it up like this before, just in conversation. Uh, basically, we want to know today, how do we talk about life issues without losing all of our friends on Facebook, Instagram, whatever social media platform we're on? So that's kind of the, the key today. But, but before we dive deeper, just kind of for fun, let me ask you, what was your first social media account? I'm pretty sure it was MySpace. MySpace. Okay. Either grade school or high school. I can't remember, but I was definitely on MySpace and it was, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Okay. I was so- on Facebook too. And that was, uh, that was in college. I started on Facebook in college. Uh, and, and I often see those memories pop up from, uh, you know, 14 years ago when, I wrote something on my wall and I'm just like, Sarah, what, why, <laughs> why, why would you put this on a social media platform? <laughs> yeah. When Facebook used to say when your status used to be like, you know, like Sarah is, and then you yeah. had to write something. I remember those days. <laughs> oh, the vague booking and drama were real back then. It is. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm glad that social media has evolved away from from that. <laughs> yeah, I am too, I guess, in, in a way. But it's it's kind of fun to, to see, I guess, to look back and to, to think <laughs> where we came from and where we are now with, with social media use. So my first social media experience has, was with Facebook. And that was the time I was starting college. And that was also the, the time when like mostly young, like college age mm-hmm. students were on rather than kind of like now we've got a larger population, diverse, you know, age groups of, of people. But just mm-hmm. to think of what I used to use it for back then. And now like the plethora of ways it, it social media is used now. Yeah. Um, yeah I guess in, in a way there's a lot of good stuff going on. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe a fundamental question though is why are you on social media now? Why are, why do you think other people are on social media? Um, And then what do we, what do we do with that? How does that change the way we interact with our social media? Yeah, I think that is a question that comes up a lot, uh, especially in Christian circles, because of all of the uh, drama surrounding Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and whether or not they're pro-Christian, anti-Christian, you know, whether there's persecution there, there. There's that question of why we're even there to begin with. And I think that's a good question for everyone to consider, even if like me, you've been on Facebook for 14 years or however long it's been. Um, It's never a bad idea to just reevaluate why you're there and what your purpose is. And that helps shape the, the conversations that you're going to have, the posts that you're going to make if you have a purpose for why you're actually there. And I won't tell anyone that they should or should not be on social media. And that's not really my place to do. But it's it's a good idea to think, why am I here? What do I want to get out of it? Am I here for the community, for the family pictures? I know that's why a lot of a lot of people are on social media for the baby pictures, and that's totally fine. Um, do you want to have connections with people? Are you there for the groups like the Lutheran Ladies Lounge? Um, you know, those things help guide and direct your time on it and maybe even um, setting those boundaries of this is why I'm here and I will not dive into certain topics um, that can help uh, shape your conversations there, your time there, and maybe also help uh, protect you in your spiritual health and your mental health of uh, not actually getting into some of the the disagreements and and the, the bad things things that uh, we we see that often happen on social media. So for me, I mean, I'm there for community. I'm there because I have a, I'm of a generation that a lot of my friends are also on social media. And that's how we keep in contact with each other because we, none of us live in the same place. So I can know about all of these people that are important to me um, without having to call people because I hate calling people on the phone. <laughs> Not my favorite thing, but I'll, I'll message with them. I'll comment on their stuff. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm there for the groups. I'm there for the community. Um, and I do have boundaries for myself as well. I have things that I, I will not post because I know it will go badly. Like politics. I have a very, very strict, no politics rule, uh, for me in my social media use. I will not comment on politics. I will not post politics. And I've broken that rule, I believe, twice in my time on Facebook. And both times it has imploded terribly. And I am reminded <laughs> why I have this rule for myself, because it never ends well. So having that that uh, 
conversation with yourself and understanding your place on social media, your your intention for being there. Um, it can help just to um, to guard your time uh, because it isn't good to be on social media constantly. Uh, mindless scrolling is a super easy thing to fall into, but it also guards your mental health and it can uh, really help shape who you are on this platform and and give a better direction of what you're going to be using it for. Because it is a tool um, that can be used either in a good way or in a very bad way. And I think we've all probably seen examples of both of those things. Yeah, definitely. Yes. I, for sure, examples of both of those things. Mm-hmm. And you know, you've, I'm sure, had this ex- experience, not just with, you know, the <laughs> the two different times you posted something kind of against your own guidelines, but then also seeing other people's posts that you think, wow, like that kind of, that's bold of them. Um, and some people have a higher tolerance for being able to to post more controversial things and to deal with it and to uh, manage it in a way that is useful for them or helpful for them. I just don't, I don't want to have to deal with that. I'm a very non-confrontational person. So I typically don't post or comment on confrontational things. That's just, that is my own guidelines for myself because I know myself well enough that that is, it's just not going to end well. It's not good for my mental health. It's not good for my spiritual health. I just, I, I I draw the line there and it's a, I think it's a helpful and a, a healthy thing to have those boundaries for yourself. Yes. Boundaries are good, especially with, you know, talking about social media. You know, when you're when you're scrolling through, I'm sure you've had again this kind of like shock of seeing someone post something that uh, you didn't know they had those beliefs, uh, those like alignments, um, that worldview, whatever, um, and they can make you feel a certain way about people who you are friends with or that you see often throughout, you know, work or even church, whatever it may be. Uh, what are some kind of possible reactions that uh, one could have to social media posts that that are <laughs> that they disagree with or that they find kind of inflammatory? What's what's kind of the the range of responses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> it kind of depends on what your your initial response to uh, a, an inflammatory anything is. Um, I mean, it can range from anger to, you know, the need to throw your phone at the wall or (laughs) wanting to yell at them or maybe disgust or uh, judgment. Like, how can this person think this way? This is obviously wrong. Um, Self-righteousness. Oh, it's a good thing. I don't think this way. Like, this is, I must be a better person. Um, Maybe it's concern. Maybe you tend to be a person who, who, uh, cares so much about other people that, that now you're concerned about them. Um, sadness maybe for the state of, I don't know, the state of, of this issue that, that maybe this is, this is now a bad place and this person is, is posting about this in, in a sad way. Um, maybe even it's hopelessness um, that, that you can fall into this. Um, all, all is, woe is me. All is, all is lost because, uh, this person that maybe I thought had one belief now is, is thinking something else. Um, you know, and that can, feeling those feelings then can manifest in, in several ways. Uh, for me, it usually means I keep scrolling because I don't want to get involved. Um, that is not the case for everyone. You know, ang- I'm sure we've all seen the angry posts that there's just these rants about, um, about things that are happening. 
um, calling people out. Uh, there's a lot of ad hominem attacks that happen on social media. If you're in groups, I highly recommend not doing that. And that'll probably get you <laughs> kicked out of most groups on Facebook. Um, we have a tendency to want to speak truth, which is good. Um, but yelling that truth on social media at people is, it tends, it can happen a lot, um, but it tends not to be that helpful to be just uh, yelling, yelling things at people, um, especially without any regard for their story or where they're coming from. Um, uh, the, the, the rash commenting, like uh, commenting as soon as you see something without thinking about it first, that is a very easy one to fall into. Um and a, a, I highly recommend if you see something inflammatory, close your app, walk away. And if you still want to comment on it in an hour after you've thought about it, then maybe go back and comment. But commenting immediately on inflammatory things, not always the best, not always the best idea. Um, we are a people that love to give advice, <laughs> uh, especially if you know a lot about a topic. We love to, to share and maybe overshare. Um, Advice can be good. Advice may not be always helpful. Um, speaking judgment. If you're coming into things uh, from a place of judgment, like you you know better than other people, um, it's very easy to judge uh, when we don't maybe know the full backstory or uh, the, the full context of where this, uh, this post may be coming from. Or just uh, digging yourself into a hole uh, with someone you may not know very well and unable to get out of it because you're you end up in a place where you're just talking past each other you may be saying the same thing or going towards the same goal uh in your conversation but you just end up just, just talking right past each other because you're both just trying to dig in uh I, that has happened to me um in a with a person who i i don't really know at all and we Kind of, we're talking about the same end goal, but because we were coming from such different worldviews, we were just talking past each other, and it just wasn't—it wasn't going anywhere. And I was just getting so frustrated. So, you know, it can—it can manifest in all of these different ways. A lot of it just depends on your personality type um, and how you tend to react to things that you find inflammatory. Well, and I'm just thinking too of, you know, what you had said about, you know, social media has a lot of different uses and and sometimes you're scrolling and you see uh, uh, pictures of, of people's families. Um, you see uh, posts about maybe what people are, are selling as their kind of job or side gig or, or, or promoting something. But then um, it's also common to see, at least on my feed, um, people posting articles from... Um, from the news or paper. Um, and oftentimes a lot of these articles are definitely on life issues. I mean, that's a lot of what life issues covers a, a vast array of topics. And so, I mean, there's immigration, there's, um, there's racial injustice, there's of course, abortion and, and end of life stuff, yeah. but there's, um, you know, life issues just tend to be, uh, prone to inflammatory conversations if we're not careful um, about that, especially in an arena like social media. Um, so these things that we're going to talk about today, you're going to help us through, you know, what happens when we see a friend post 
something that maybe we disagree with about abortion. And we see that news article and we're like, wow, I didn't realize that they felt that way. And you, you know, instead of reacting out of fear or judgment or anger, you're going to help us Mm -hmm. through maybe what what do we do next? Um, So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say on that too. So Sarah, what do you think the best way is to respond to or engage with a post that goes against our our Christian beliefs about the value of human life. I think uh, it's an important thing to remember um, that certain life issues. I mean, you mentioned some of these life issues. I mean, abortion obviously is one that that can be a little bit more clear cut with with how we approach it. There's other ones like you mentioned, um, immigration or um, or these things that are that are more societal issues where politics are heavily involved. Um, you know, the, the range of, of political belief in our, uh, in our Christian living in our Lutheran church body can be a very wide, a wide range of beliefs. And, and like I said before about, um, we may want the same thing at the end. And it's important to remember that we can start at that end goal of what we do agree on, uh, and find that common ground and then maybe work backwards from that and see where we disagree. Um, because there are there can be different ways to that same end goal. Not always. Um, and and of course, some issues are, are much more complicated, much more um, political than others. Um, but it can be an interesting exercise if you think you're miles apart uh, with, uh, from some an, another person's point of view, you may actually find more in common with them if you have a conversation with them and see what see what their end goal actually is. What are they actually wanting uh, instead of instead of uh, you know making jabs and and accusing them of things? Um, there are a lot of of facets to responding to posts. A lot of it depends on. Um, the context of a conversation. Um, Peter Slayton, who does social media for the LCMS, we've talked a lot about uh, this idea of context collapse on social media, because if you think about your friend groups on Facebook, most of us probably have a very wide range of friends just because of who we are in life, the different circles we have, um, the different people that we've run across doing different things. For me, that looks like a very large group of bike friends who are one group of people, a very large group of Lutheran friends, and they don't really overlap much. So if I post something that is along the lines of of a, uh, some, something that my my Lutheran friends would understand, I may have some of my bike friends commenting on it from a totally different worldview. And then my bike friends and my Lutheran friends will start arguing because they come from different points of view. That's this context collapse of I might be in the middle of of understanding what I'm posting, but then I'll also understand mm. where the other people are coming from, but they won't understand each other. And then it will just blow so up. So what you're saying <laughs> is that we we need more Lutherans biking or we need more bikers to be Lutherans. Is that what you're <laughs> Pretty much, right? I mean, that's not a bad idea. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Yeah, you're. I, I've never heard that expression, the, the context collapse, but I, yeah. I mean, it's a real thing. We've all probably... And we've all probably experienced it at some point of posting something we think is innocuous. And then all of a sudden people are fighting about it. And we're like, wait a second, this 
this was supposed to be like a safe thing. Yeah. <laughs> and now people are fighting because they don't understand each other's points of view. And, and it can it can be a very confusing thing. Um, but that's that is something to keep in mind that that posting things we're going to post from our own points of view and that's fine. Um, but understanding where other people are coming from can be very, very useful when you're trying to navigate those conversations. Um, and of course we want to speak truth. Um, you know, we're, we're called to speak the truth in love and that in love part, uh, can be the really, really, really tricky part because it's so easy to go around the internet yelling, the truth at people. Um, but if there's no love there, if there's no context, um, if there's no relationship with the people that we're talking to, it can really just end up being yelling into a void and no, no good is going to come out of that. So understanding um, the context of what's happening, who you're talking with, um, you know, it's, it's mileage may vary with a lot of this, uh, just depending on the different situations. Um, there are also some people who post just for uh, the purpose of riling people up. There are people that do that on social media. So if you run across a post, um, I would first consider, is this even worth commenting on? Because are they just posting to make a scene or are they actually inviting conversation? If if you think they're just posting to make a scene, keep scrolling, move on. It's it's going to be detrimental to your own mental health to try to engage in this in this post. Um you know, if if it seems like this person really wants conversation and wants thoughtful discussion, of course, um, tread carefully. I always <laughs> say to tread carefully because you know uh, it's hard to it's hard to have that same interaction that we have in person uh, or even over a video screen uh, than you have with with typed words. Uh, you don't get those same the same context clues that you do in in person relationship. I love to comment gifts for that very reason, because, you know, a moving picture. <laughs> yes. I think conversations are always better with gifts. Always better yes. with gifts. That is just, yes, I, I probably overuse them, <laughs> but, but considering, um, you know, what history this person has, um, considering, the backstory of why this person may be posting what they are posting, uh, what experience they have with this issue. Um, your own experience is probably going to differ with this person's experience. And maybe they have uh, a very painful past that uh, with this issue, and that's why they're posting the way that they're posting. There's going to be backstory uh, behind what this person is posting about. And, and maybe you don't know that. And maybe it's worth asking why they're posting or or what their story is to understand more about the context before posting a, a very judgmental thing that may actually hurt the relationship more than uh, more than harm or more than helping it uh, to move forward. And if it's someone you don't know very well and they're posting something like this, um, it may not be worth commenting on. Uh, I mean, that's that's a decision you have to make. But considering. Um, Considering if if a comment that disagrees with what they're saying is going to be a helpful thing, um, do you want to actually change their mind? If you post something, do you think there's a good chance that you might w move forward? If you don't think that, maybe it's better to just keep scrolling. Um, you don't have to comment on every post you see on Facebook. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's it's okay to just keep moving on. And 
again, sharing the truth in love. We want to have that love for people and we want to share the gospel um, and explain our own positions in a positive way without attacking the other people, the other people's opinions and the other people's experiences too. People have baggage. Everybody has baggage. Everybody has these experiences that they've gone through and and being able to take a step back and understand um, where people are coming from is is never a bad thing, uh, especially if it's somebody that you know well um, and you want to keep that relationship and you want to keep that friendship. It's never a bad idea to just dig a little deeper and and try to understand um, understand their their position and why they're making this post that you think is is such a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, that's relationship one hundred and one that often gets you know forgotten, overlooked really good to remember. Uh, well, so let's back it up a, a little bit, I guess, because probably a more fundamental question is then what does scripture have to say about the way we engage um, our neighbors, our friends on social media um, when there's a disagreement? Yeah. Um, scripture has a lot to say about how we treat our neighbors. Yes, it does. It? Yes, it does. <laughs> kind of all over the place. Um, I mean, Jesus in Matthew uh, says that uh, after loving our God with all our heart and soul and mind, the second greatest commandment is to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that is a really hard thing to remember in a disagreement, right? Uh, Especially when you can't actually see that person face to face. Um, So many good reasons to love each other. We are commanded to. Um, We have these opportunities to live differently than the world around us and show Christ's love to everyone. And this is a long passage, but 1 John 4, I love this. Beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us important thing to remember. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is so, also we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. Ding, ding, ding. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. That last part's a bit of a jab, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) We are called to love our brother because God has loved us. Um, And that can be pretty heavy law when we're on social media and we run across people that we 
don't want to love. (laughs) And it's a very, very hard thing. But we have been freed. We have this freedom in Christ uh, to love each other. Um, And yet we don't ever really do that perfectly, (laughs) do we? Because we're sinners and it kind of seems like that manifests even more uh, when we're, you know, writing all these things on social media and getting into these arguments. Um, And that's when we have repentance and and forgiveness. Uh, Thanks be to God for that. Um, With this love, I mean, I've talked about this a little bit already about understanding people's backstories um, is empathy. I think the world always needs more empathy. I don't think we can ever have uh, too much empathy for each other. Um, not sympathy, uh, you know, where we uh, where we feel the same thing as somebody else, um, but this empathy of understanding uh, why why a person feels the way they do and understanding their backstory, and that uh, is still a thing even online, even if we don't know these people in person. Um, and Romans twelve fifteen says rejoice with those who rejoice weep with those who weep um and i think uh even online is a good place for that because we can show this empathy for people even if uh we may never meet them in person that is one of the easiest things you can do is to just walk with people in whatever they're dealing with in whatever their story is whatever their experiences have been uh, we can still walk with people and you know we're in this broken world and everybody has Everybody has stuff, but we as brothers and sisters in Christ, especially are called to walk with each other uh, through that stuff and and help each other bear those burdens. So it's also a, a hard thing to take a step back. Uh, we like to maybe project our own um, our own experiences on other people because that's just kind of a natural human thing to do. Uh, we know best what what our experiences have been, um, and it's easy to to uh, assume that somebody else's experience with a similar situation has been the same as ours because that's our own experience. But that's probably not the case. We all have we all have have different experiences, even in the same situations, um, and. Uh, and moving forward with uh, this empathy and understanding someone else's situation um, doesn't necessarily mean that we um, condone actions uh, that are sinful um, or that we excuse the sin that has happened. Um, that is what repentance and forgiveness is for. And that is what moving forward um, in a relationship with this repentance and forgiveness is for. And we can create um, a community together in these relationships of forgiveness and grace and love, um, because that is the example that we have for us as a community of, of a community of believers together. Um, and Galatians six two, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So God created us to be in community with each other, um, and that means that we we walk with each other through these difficult parts of their lives. Um, when they've struggled with things, uh, when when hard stuff has happened to them, we walk we walk with them. Um, we we you know we forgive them of their sins if they have sinned against us, and and doing those things with them. Um, I think uh, Colossians three twelve to seventeen sums all of this up though, and I I love this passage too. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts 
kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one is a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everyone, everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful." Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If only we could (laughs) follow that example in all of our conversations and relationships, uh, you know, how much better all of those things would be. Of course, that doesn't that doesn't happen because we're sinners and we can't uphold all of these things perfectly, uh, maybe very often even, um, but we have that that beautiful gift of repentance and forgiveness and uh, dwelling in the love that, that God has for us. And what, what I've heard you kind of, you know, f- flesh out too, is there's this there's this tension, even in these verses. And we're, when we're talking about social media, of course, we have to use a, a different principles than we would face-to-face with someone, right? Um, and so we have this tension of, you know, the scripture telling us to, to speak the truth in love. So you see something on social media you disagree with, you're questioning like, wow, like, is it my turn to like speak to comment because I I need to make sure the, the truth is known. And then there's this tension of, you know, loving our neighbors, being quick to listen, slow to speak, having empathy. Um, what does, you know, what does that look like all in, in social media and these relationships become more complicated, especially, you know, we have this kind of conception of these relationships are distanced over cyberspace, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> um, so they're not the same as as face to face. And so it's all, Mm -hmm. it's all a little sticky. Um, Yes. But to kind of combine these verses together, you know, using wisdom as you're scrolling through to discern, is this something I engage in? Is it not? Is it best to just keep scrolling? Uh, Is that right? Is that what I'm hearing you kind of say in all of this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There is a lot of wisdom. There's a lot of discernment. Um, There's a lot of praying about if you, if you really feel the need to, uh, to get involved in something, praying for wisdom that you will bring uh, the truth of, of God's love in a respectful manner. And that when people probably don't accept it (laughs) to, to be able to, uh, keep a cool head and and not uh, fall into all of the the easy traps of being you know angry and and uh, and yelling and those types of things but yes it is um, it is a different struggle than in 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 person <laughs> real life face-to-face relationships um, there are a lot of uh, hard things that you just have to make decisions about and and move forward boldly and pray for repentance. <laughs> yeah. And I imagine that this also kind of has an, an overlap with the, you know, the theology that we have on vocation and what is my vocation? What's my responsibility to, to this quote unquote friend on Facebook or social media versus what's my vocation toward uh, a family member or friend who I am with and see face to face on a regular basis. And I would imagine, yeah. you know, there's a lot of in between and, yeah. um, and the, 
again, we have, th- you know, freedom with our um, theology on, on vocation to love the people that are mm-hmm. put in front of us. So that can look right. different in different contexts for sure. Um, do you ever think that there is a time it's appropriate to kind of discourse with someone on social media over something you have a disagreement on if you can't do it face to face? It really depends on the context. Um, for me personally, in my own life and my own boundaries, there has to be a really good reason for me to get involved in something. Um, for instance, if uh, someone else is being dragged through the mud, if someone else's story is being told without their consent, um, that is a time and a place that I would say something uh, to defend somebody else. I would absolutely, uh, and I have stepped in and defended somebody else's reputation as we are also called to do. (laughs) And what is it? The explanation to the eighth commandment. Uh, We are called to defend each other's reputations. So is that a, a private message? Is that a is that a comment in the, you know, if it's a com if it is a public post that I'm reading, I would comment publicly and and probably call them out on it. Um, you know, again, depending on context and who sure. it is. Um, I mean, a lot of a lot of these other conversations, I if I know the person, I would probably take it to a private message. I have done that before as well. Um, when there's a conflict going on. And um, I mean, it's a little different because some of this is from adminning in a group, Um, you know, when you have to step in and manage those conflicts that happens in private messaging, because you also don't want to drag all of that dirty laundry out uh, in the middle of, of, you know, the public sphere of social media. Um, I mean, depending on your own, um, again, your own intentions, your own boundaries, the things that you believe firmly about and will and and want to take a stand on um, and those will be different for everyone you know step in make a comment if that is something that you feel strongly about doing um you know but it, but again it, you have to be even more careful with your words uh on a public platform like social media rather than when you're having these in-person or or um in-person conversations because you're your words may sound one way to yourself. They're going to sound a different way to all the other people that are reading it because you don't have that inflection of of uh, written words or of of spoken words and and all the body language that goes along with them. Um, at the very least, asking questions is a good place to start. If you're unsure of where the person is coming from, if you want more clarification on why they're posting something that maybe is vague. Um, you can ask questions, try to understand um, what's happening. And if you ask a question and get an answer and you don't feel like going any further, you don't have to go any further than that. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's going to go in a direction that you don't want to go in and you can step away and and not engage any further. Um also no, uh, and this is partially for me, me taking my own advice. Um, you don't owe anybody comments on their posts. Um, just because posts are there, you don't have to comment on them. You don't have to uh, respond to things if it's starting to get uh, personal uh, attacks personally to yourself, to your character. Um, there is a time and a place to also just shut down the conversation and say, this has gone far enough. I will not engage any further. Um, because you do have to also protect your own 
uh, mental health, mental <laughs> well-being. And this is from personal experience, um, you know, and 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 just guarding guarding your own uh, space as well. So, yes, I think there can be an appropriate time. Um, it's a very case by case basis. And I would um, I would uh, caution wisdom and discernment, taking a step away, uh, like we've said, and um, pausing before saying anything, uh, especially if it's if it's likely to get heated or it is already heated and you're making a choice to step into the middle of it um, to say, take a step away. When you write a comment, stop before you post it, reread it, read it from the other person's point of view. Are your words going to make sense? Are they going to be inflammatory? Are you uh, accidentally <laughs> attacking somebody without realizing that you're doing it? Um, all of these things are, are to take into consideration uh, when you're when you're entering into things that that might get a little dicey, and, and equally, you know, these guidelines, as much as they're good for commenting on other people's posts, they're they're also really good guidelines for what you know you would choose to post in general. And considering, yep. you know, your entire audience, and you know, it, it's often where social media isn't the <laughs> the right platform to you know share these things because. Right. At least in my own experience, um, I haven't seen it turn into a positive thing um, ever, Um, though maybe people have had, you know, certain experiences. But um, I would also think that, you know, as you're as you're scrolling or if you see something that uh, someone that you're rather close with, you you would have the chance to see them in person. It might be such a thing that maybe you private message them and say, hey, I saw your post and I, I kind of want to know more about it. Would you be up for taking a walk and and um, or, or getting coffee and, and kind of sharing with me where you're coming from? So these, maybe these social media um, conversations can have a better <laughs> actual platform, you know, in in face to face real time real life situations it's it's pretty much a general rule that if you can have a conversation in person rather than uh on social media it's probably going to have a better outcome if you can meet face to face or at least private message or phone call um having that one on one conversation is more than likely going to be more fruitful uh, if you actually want to have a, a fruitful conversation that actually goes somewhere and builds a relationship or tries to to change a heart on an issue. Um, a, a, at least, you know, one-on-one conversation in, in messenger or text or whatever, or a phone call. Uh, but, but face-to-face um, in person is, is probably the gold standard for having these conversations. And I think we've all learned over the last year, just how important face-to-face interaction really is for all of us too, because we've we've gone without a lot of that. <laughs> yes, yes. The the pandemic has has mm-hmm. really heightened our awareness of of that. You're right. You're right. What's at risk just in, in, in the broader picture of the church and then of also our, you know, uh, life affirming kind of messages um, that we would want to get out. What's at risk if um, these conversations are only held online versus being done face to face or within our communities, churches, or families. Yeah, I think it's it's easy to 
miss those opportunities for how we can serve in person. Um, I mean, there's a lot of good that can happen talking about things online. There's a lot of, of, you know, just advocacy and awareness of issues and sides of issues that people may not know about um, by having these conversations online. Uh, you know, things spread very quickly in an online space. So having that that ability to do that online is can be a very great thing. Um, but there's so many things that are also right in front of us in our own communities that if we're if we're so focused on having these uh, online conversations, we're we run the risk of missing all of those opportunities to serve those people that God has put in our lives in our in our immediate physical space. You know, all of the um, you know maybe serving the homeless is something you can do in your community, or volunteering at a pregnancy resource center, or um, helping families in your own congregation. There may be people that that have needs in your congregation, and if if you um, you know. Are, are so focused on uh, doing things in a digital space, you may miss these opportunities that uh, that could be right in front of you to actually make an impact on people that you can have physical face-to-face relationships with. Uh, you know, we're, we are, we are meant to be in community with each other in this, in this physical community. So to have that opportunity to uh, serve the people uh, that we can build physical relationships with, I think uh, that is a very, very important thing to keep in mind. Sarah, are there ways that we can be pro-life on social media, um, be life-affirming on social media without having explicitly, uh, you know, political or, um, you know, articles, posts? um, what What are some alternatives? What are some other ways we can live this out even on social media? Yeah, I think it comes it comes down to what we've been talking about. Um, people pay attention to how you conduct yourself on social media. Um, I mean, if you just think about how you view your friends, uh, how you view their lives, how you um, maybe judge what they're doing and how they're talking, people do the same thing to you. Um, so, you know, it goes back to your intention. Why are you there? And living on social media as a baptized child of God. Um, and that might sound a little wonky, uh, but, you know, people pay attention to how you conduct yourself, what you say, uh, what you share, what you decide to to comment on, because other people can see those comments, um, what groups you're in, uh, the, the things that you choose to uh, share about yourself. So, and that includes you know, congratulating people on baby announcements, um, uplifting other people's stories, uh, you know, congratulating someone on on a, on a life issue or uh, mourning with people who are, um, you know, waiting for their loved one to be with Jesus because they're, you know, suffering from cancer or, or something. Um, being with those people, walking alongside them in, in a digital sense, not physically <laughs> being able to be with them, but um, but just living out those values in those online relationships. You don't have to, I don't share a lot of pro-life um, articles and things. It's just not really, I don't like to share a lot of news stuff on my Facebook. It's just not really how I manage it. But, you know, commenting on people's baby announcements. I do that all the time because that that is still celebrating uh, the sanctity of life. Um, mourning 
with people who are in mourning, um, just being there and building relationships with the people that are in your circles. Um, but also, you know, witnessing the truth to people who are struggling. If there's someone who does have, um, who is struggling with an issue or, or maybe not even struggling, if there's an opportunity to have a conversation about one of these vast life issues that, um, that there is a wide spectrum of how we can handle it in a social sense, um, within our, you know, within our American way of, of doing these things in our political atmosphere, you can have these productive conversations with people, um, and share your own views in a positive way of, Hey, yeah, I think, I think we're trying to get to the same place. Uh, we want the same thing because we both value human life. Um, so let's talk about how, how we can, you know, maybe work together. Maybe we have different ideas for how it might work. Um, but we can talk about this in a productive way and actually move forward to get to that end goal. So um, I think it's just a lot of uh, of having positive relationships with people and, um, and intentionally uh, showing love to people who, who need it um, and, and identifying those people and, and showing up for them. Yes. Yes. Good. All, all really good advice. I, I just think of too, you know, um, I, again, have the same kind of guidelines that you do and that doesn't necessarily need to be for everyone, for the listeners, but we've found it helpful. Um, but another, you know, example of, of kind of like, I would say maybe quote unquote pro-life, um, things on social media would be like uh, fundraising stuff for your local pregnancy center or, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're having a baby shower for um, this friend and you do it as a, like a, a group on your your Facebook or whatever. Social media has a lot of uh, great chances for us to do like smaller private groups that um, we probably have closer, more personal relationships with with those sure. folks as well. Um, yeah. You know, uh, go funding people who are mm-hmm. in the hospital, who are suffering, uh, who sure. are going through a, an adoption process, stuff like that. Those are mm-hmm. all, um, you know, really life affirming um, things that I would see as pretty much only helpful um, on social yeah. media. And finally, how can social media be used as a helpful tool to serve our neighbors? You know, what's the what's the benefits? And you've kind of touched on this, but why would we want to use social media for this kind of thing? Yeah, I think, you know, there's always an opportunity to share the gospel somewhere on social media. Um, It may be more hidden sometimes than others, but there's also a lot of opportunities for advocacy and awareness, uh, whether or not your comfort level is sharing, explicitly sharing these posts uh, from organizations, even if you're just following organizations or in groups uh, that talk about these issues, it's it's uh, never a bad idea to learn more about uh, people's stories, about uh, legislation uh, because of, of our structure of government knowing about um, knowing about legislation that affects life issues um, you know maybe you have a certain life issue that you're more interested in um, learning about how you can advocate for those people and a lot of that happens within social media just because there's so many people that are having conversations you can really learn from a lot of other people um, you can financially support an organization 
because of a campaign that they run on social media. Like you said, um, there's so many that, you know, you can you can run a fundraiser on your own page and raise awareness for those people. Um, you can find stories to share. You can uplift other people. Um, and just being aware of the vast amount of life issues and and taking time to consider what actually might be a life issue that we've never really thought about is a life issue. What what are the things in our daily life in our culture that actually are life issues that we may not think about? Uh, because the sanctity of life uh, covers a really broad range of topics. So you're going to be able to find ways to advocate for people and ways to um, to just learn more about these issues and how you can help uh, uphold the sanctity of life. Um, you can spread this awareness with your friends. Um, you can form your own opinions. There are a lot of life issues that I wouldn't say a lot. There are some life issues that I have very strong opinions on um, for good reason. There are other life issues that I'm like, well, I know what I want the end goal to be. I'm not really sure how we're going to get there. And there's others that I'm like, I don't really know where I land on this one, actually. So being able to have those conversations, um, having friends who will help you work through that stuff, all of that, all of those things can happen on social media um, and helping you form those opinions, having conversations with other people can help you kind of determine where you actually land on these things and how you can um, how you can advocate for that sanctity of life uh, among your among your own close relationships, but also uh, in, in the larger context uh, of our culture and society. Okay. So you have one sentence. You can just say this in one sentence. Oh boy. What <laughs> should listeners take away from this in terms of how they interact on social media? Know that the other people that you're talking with are also people for whom Christ died and start from there to speak the truth in love to them. That's great. That is one sentence. And that's a perfect, <laughs> that's a perfect, perfect sentence. It, um, and it can launch us in to go back into our own communities on social media and take the love mm -hmm. of Jesus there and then care for um, the people who need our care. Uh, and, and then finally, you know, a great life affirming um, thing to do on social media is to, to share this podcast episode on social media. That's a good thing you that's can do. Thing. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. You're very welcome. It's It's been fun. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, uh, post it on Facebook and leave us a five-star <laughs> review. Don't forget to click the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And speaking of upcoming episodes, they drop the second and fourth Fridays of every month. And finally, do you want to know how to get in touch with us? Well, right now you can email us at friendsforlife at lcms.org. We want to hear from you about what you want to hear about when it comes to life issues. Thanks for joining us. Friends for Life is a podcast that introduces listeners to life issues by introducing them to friends who stand for life.